Też czy nie? You. Oh now. About to witness. The awesome. A crushing. The kids about to cry. Might of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stopper. <laughs> she didn't cry that time. Yeah, she's getting used to growing up in a household full of strangeness. It's a house of lies. <laughs> anyway, this is version one, a seven, seven of the Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. One, seven, seven of the show stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. And we're gonna talk about the dead, the dead, 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 dead. You are fucking dead. <laughs> nice to see you, Mr. JW. Uh, this will be quick and painless. Well, uh, I guess it'll be neither. <laughs> but Bob Riley's gonna sing us in like he has since 2007. Stigmata. The record is called Calling of the Just, The Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records. Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub, they hit your car with a hammer, and they get rid of your pro tem mayor. Listen. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, my friends, my John McCain, my friends, my friends, thank you for tuning in. It's a Sunday by virtue of the fact that, uh, yeah, it, it is on YouTube. That's where I'm getting it from, uh, even though I own the music. Yes, that was CFY Records, like eighth release or twelfth, thirteenth release, I think. Mm, and we could talk about the which uh, how it put us in bed with Rockarama Records and the number one exporter of white racist Nazi fueled music in all of Europe for a period of time. <laughs> ah, Mr. G. Uh, but, well, it's good that you're in the show because we're going to talk about you today. Um, so a, uh, uh, Rockarama records, I, I'm sorry to digress this early into like 30 seconds into the show. I got to digress, but Stigmata, a band from upstate New York from Albany records, sent me a demo tape, couldn't get it out of my head. I go, it was like, if somebody like Rollins could sing for a, a band like Metallica, it would sound like uh, they were all like 16 years old. Right. <laughs> All like 16 years old. Right. And uh, I said, look, you guys get out here, California, give you a place to stay. I'll record your record and I'll put your record out for free. But I can't be springing for airfares for everybody. And so their father said, OK, boom. Brian Holloway, his father fashions himself kind of like a, you know, international tough guy. He sends Brian Holloway, the former football player in to like get tough with me. Like, don't, you know, you got these guys, kids come in. He's got long arms. He reached all the way from Albany, New York, because uh, Brian, I guess, used to play for the Giants or something. And so Brian's going through his tough guy. Like, we just want to check out and make sure everything's okay. And I let him do it. And he finishes, yeah, you know, so Bob sent me, Bob Sr. sent me out to talk to you, make sure you. And I said, Brian, imagine, imagine going on a collection or some other thug based activity and in the middle, the guy says, Jimmy, 
Brian. He goes, huh? I said, I I'm friends with Ballinger, man. We were at school at the same time. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> ah, it was great. It was great. It could go and only switch the, the interaction, right? Because then he became like, well, if he knows me from Stanford, he knows that I was a hot shot at one point. Yeah, now you run him errands as a bag man for some mafiosi. Look, the guy was a mafiosi. Stigmata is a great band. I digressed. They're still available from Revelation Records, Huntington Beach, California. Anyway, the kids came out and uh, they recorded that record. So Rockarama uh, says, man, I love this skinhead music. I put out skinhead music. Can, can we license the record here? I was like, sure. A friend of mine was like, how can you do business with those Nazi racist fucks? You know, they're burning down, they're burning down, uh, they're burning down hostels that are housing uh, uh, Turks in Germany. Because the Turks were the, the German Mexicans back in the 80s. And I was like, I, it's got nothing to do with me. I don't know. What, what, what? Hey, what? Eugene was pulling the Mephisto thing. Have you, if you've seen the movie Mephisto, that movie did not age well. I with Klaus Maria Brandau, I tried to watch it the other night and rolling around naked with his ballet teacher, somehow I couldn't make it past that. It was like, yeah, you know. And it's like a three hour movie. I remember watching this in the cinema, but it's different, I guess, in the late 70s in New York, when you go to the hoity-toity art cinema and you feel, you're 16, you feel like, I'm really accomplishing something. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, of course, it is the same guy, but now he's no longer maintaining a personality outside of Heinrich. So <laughs> that's what made it super compelling. And this other cat with 2.2 million, uh, uh, if you, you're talking about last week's uh, Substack, about, uh, uh, did you not see that? <laughs> did you not see that? Um, yeah, dude is like 2.2 mil. It's like, how come I'm getting deplatformed and Mr. 2.2 mil is, and now he's a Heinrich is a Mason in real life and in character. So I think he's got some juice behind him in terms of legal defense. But now I'm digressed all over the place, right? So Rockarama Records says, you know, we're going to put this record out. People are giving me a hard time for doing the business with the number one producer of white. They're burning down. They're killing immigrants. And I thought, it's got nothing to do with some kind of washing my hands. It's like, whatever. I think it's kind of comical, comical that this guy's in bed with me. This is before the internet, naturally. So at some point, I don't hear from the guy at all. Because clearly what happened is somebody said to him, you know, you're doing business with a Negro. <laughs> and he was out, <laughs> which was all right. Since a week before the German version of the record came out, Rockarama got raided, shut down, and all of their merchandise seized for being the number one exporter of white nationalist Nazi, neo Nazi racist music in Germany and all throughout Europe. I never knew what happened. Herbert, I think, was his name. And I never knew what happened to him. Yeah, basically, it's like, I'll, you know, I'll. <laughs> You know, I'll let you fund my revolution. Uh, and so uh, anyway, that's a stigmata short story. Their best record is still Calling of the Just. I still own it, still buy it from Revelation Records. Anyway, commercials. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com is the place to go if you want to donate money uh, uh, through, through PayPal. If you want to go to Patreon, it's Patreon dot com slash the stomper or stomperville i can never remember which and i'm gonna get my act together here because i've been i finally finally broke down and figured out how to transfer all this stuff off of off of uh venmo so the venmo account is at eugene dash robinson dash 28 <laughs> yeah um and 28 of course because it's my birthday right august 28th and that was Venmo I just gave you. And Cash App is, because <clears throat> you Weisenheimers are going <clears throat> through Cash App, which is all right. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you. It, it takes me, it always takes me about 10 years to figure out. Okay, so Cash App is, uh, oh, now I'm going to embarrass. Oh, dollar sign Planet Oxbow. So there you go. Uh, you got every way you can, or you could do it the old-fashioned way, the way Tommy LB does. Tommy LB does. This is uh, 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 
Yeah, hey, Mr. Mr. Is, if you read the newsletter, you would know that's what I use for a newsletter. Look at that. That's Tommy. That's Tommy. That's I'm carrying Tommy around in my wallet. That'll buy a tank of gas. So, uh, well, not a tank. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Enough gas so I can get hither and yon. The only place I really go these days is jujitsu. So anyway, that's all the commercials. Um, Epicac, uh, somebody asked, quick question before they, why the switch from Hydra Head to Epicac Records? Hydra Head killed themselves, and this cycles into the show, so it makes sense. Then we ran into uh, Aaron at a festival in Calgary um, with Kim Gordon. Somehow we were there. And he said, it hurts my heart to think that Thin Black Duke is orphaned. And he he reconstituted the label on a strict kind of paradigm of four bands, four releases, one a season, that's it. And so he, he did that. And uh, apparently one of the bands was an extreme pain in the ass. I don't know which. The only bands I know that he played, it was Us, Endon, E-N-D-O-N, a Japanese band, and two other bands. I don't know who they were. But I, he said, I got, I can't, I can't. He's, he's now a father. He started taking jujitsu. Aaron, formerly from ISIS, now in Sumac. And he wanted to form a, a label called SIG, as in S-I-G-E. Not S-E-I-G. <laughs> Which he's done with his wife, his wonderful wife, Faith. And, uh, and so Hydrahead is done. And he's the one who helped us put together the Epicac deal. So now you know why. <laughs> I'm wasting my gas money going to jujitsu. <laughs> well, that is true. But I'm not trying to be better than Leo <laughs> or even Mr. Marty G. I'm just trying to be better than everybody else. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so what this show is about today Um. I don't know if he's in the show right now. Uh, he, he sometimes stops in. Mm, uh, and I don't know that he's going to like me characterizing his political sympathies as being libertarian, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right. So, you, you know, you know, you do realize that, like, after the last election, you remember what I said. Come January, based on the, the bet that was with the, that grifting, that grifting fucking Australian, uh, Genghis. I said, I'm going to hold my fire. He kept saying, Trump is going to be president. Trump is going to be president. After January 6th, it was really clear. And then he, he pushed the goalpost back again and said, okay, listen, listen, listen. Uh, um, uh, he said, he said uh, you know that we are under martial law right now. And, and I, will, I will pay you the $1,000 I bet you that Trump would still be president when they remove the troops from D.C. So uh, they removed a vast majority of the National Guard from D.C., uh, but apparently not enough liking for that cat. And he said, well, when they really pull, I, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Mr. Ryan Merrill invited me out last night to play pool with him and a bunch of dudes. And I declined. <laughs> hey, no, no, not play pool. What he meant was hang out in a pool with a bunch of shirtless men. That's fine for Mr. Merrill. That's fine. I have better things to do with my penis. Thank you. So, um, so, so, so I decided after I kept holding my fire and holding my fire and holding my fire. Because the guy, dude was moving the, the, the goalpost. And then finally, I flip out. I flip out and I just send him a letter. I go, you're a fucking grifter. He goes, and he's arguing with me. He's, write, he's writing back. He's, you know, like, well, you know, you, you and your psycho fans. This has got nothing to do with psycho fancy, my friend. Because you know if things had gone the other way, I'd have pointed up that money and you'd have taken it. And that's when I got steamed. I go, so. This little drama is done. Good luck to you. I'm glad I put money in your pocket for a period of time, which I did via art fair exchange of, 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 of things. He did articles for me for Ozzy. They were great articles. Got him cash because I knew the dude needed cash. It worked. It worked. I'm not making myself out to be. I got something out of the exchange. I got some good articles. Boom. Perfect. Even Steven. 
But this shit, forget it. I don't need to. You bet the money, you fucking pay the money. There's a guy who owes me three cents from 1972. Three cents. He lost in a bet. We were playing blackjack. Kenny, who changed his name suddenly one day to Rudolph. Almost. I hounded him forever. I don't know where he is. I know I will see him one day again, and I'm going to ask him for that money. So you can imagine a thousand dollars. So I said, oh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not pulling. I'm, I'm so, Mr. Z, Zach here. I think he's a libertarian. This gives me a hard time. I was like, ah, you know, you can't. You can't trust the Daily Beast. You can't. And so he's been replaced by Don Golfo. And guys is like, oh, you do doctoring these figures and these figures. This is all in the, in the Twitter Twitter universe. Which, if you don't pay attention, this is you know a good place to spend some time between shows. And I'm just like Tom Cruise in the last five minutes of Taps. That's me on Twitter. It's fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Don't care. But what philosophically what happened today? Uh, uh, me and Marty G at Jiu-Jitsu were talking about it. And then, uh, you know, and Ma- Marty's hit me with the, the, the weed stuff, you know, but uh, statistically speaking, and I go, oh, no, 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 you misunderstand. The fuck is this breeze coming from? You misunderstand. I fully, in the piece that I wrote, in the, uh, in the substack from a few weeks ago, let me see if I can find it. Whatever. It's the one about suicide. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. It was called When Suicide Suits You and Other Tales of COVID Craziness. I sort of started to address it, but it, it keeps going. And nobody believes me. Of course I remember the three cents. Because he tried to get tough with me on top of that. I'm not paying you that money. Or oh, you're going to pay. Oh, yeah, you're going to make me? I go, yeah, I'm going to make you. 1972. (laughs) And I actually sat down at one point when I had a little bit of idle time, read high, and uh, figured out with interest what that three cents is now. Well, this was maybe 20 years ago. But still, 20 years ago, I could just double that for where we are I don't remember what it was. I think it was like $6 at that point. Listen, I want to leave this planet with all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted. A friend of mine dropped a a fiver. I felt ashamed about this. I must have been about uh, nine. He dropped a fiver. I was like, oh! And I shut my mouth. He goes, what, did you say something? I was like, nah, I didn't say anything. Fucking dude's throwing money around like that. And so he walked off, and I was like, your loss, my gain. Later, he says, Eugene, did you find my $5? I was like, what do I look like, a $5 finder? I felt bad about this. How bad did I feel about it? I tracked this dude down. Tracked him down in uh, 2005. Found him. I found him. He's a, a New York realtor now. Asked him out to lunch. He go to lunch, paid for the whole schmear. And then told him the story about the fiber. <laughs> I don't feel guilty for a lot, but that made me feel guilty. I don't know. I'm not that kind of sneak thief. I don't like that. So, but I'm sure people think when I say, as I've said now about people breathing the air of freedom, if you have no instinct for self-preservation, I do not have time for you. I don't. And moreover, there's a, there is a professional fighter, and I don't need to mention his name here. It's tempting, but... I still see the guy socially. <laughs> and he, they went, all went to Thailand. And he said, okay, you guys, 
you know, if I get in any difficult situations, help me out. And they go, difficult situations like what? And this ties into today's Substack. He says, you know, if I if I run up into any trannies or anything, I'm using the word he used. And they go, okay, we 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 will. <laughs> so no, I'm talking about the instinct for So he picks up two women that night and they go back to his hotel room and they're being coy and cute and he's trying to pull down the tops and he's you know trying to get busy in his way and they keep trying to communicate something to him that he's just not getting and they finally say me you same same and then he finally gets it and according to him he says at that point, I threw them both out. <laughs> At that point, he threw them out. Yeah. All right. Whatever, bro. Okay, that's your story. Stick to it. Stick to it. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. But what he said is, help me out. Under normal circumstances, you might want to help somebody out. But a buddy of mine said it best. Eugene? He goes... I would do any favor that you asked me for. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, you know why? And I go, why? He goes, because I know that you will never ask me for a favor. Now we're in Princess Bride territory. I go, how, how, how is that? He goes, I know, given your level of pride and self-reliance, that it would be a cold day in hell before you asked me for anything, even if it was something that you needed, so that if you were really to break down and ask me for something, I would, without question, give it to you because I know how crucial it would be. In other words, in Marty G's world, he's always talking about this kind of re Republican self-reliance that I have displayed myself to be the kind of person who exclusively relies on self and doesn't need, does not ask, and not, I'm not going to crawl across the road for your crumbs. Why would I do that? Why would I crawl across the room for your crumbs? I'm not doing that. But this is something else. A friend says to, says to his friends, make sure I don't get into any trouble. And they're like, <laughs> international sign for jerking off a dick. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go all the way to Thailand to keep you from having sex with transgendered prostitutes. <laughs> that's how we went. How'd you spend your summer vacation? Keeping dude from having sex. That's what we did. How'd that go? Ah, not so well. We got busy. With what? Transgendered prostitutes. <laughs> we got my own problems. So self-preservation, this desire to live, thrive, and survive, or live, th uh, survive, and thrive, you got to have it. You got to have it. Jim Morrison said it best. You reach your hand to hold me. Can't be your guide. I talk in that whole piece. You know, it, I get, it was a tip of a much more gooned out iceberg if you read that Substack piece about uh, so suicide from a few weeks back because I only mentioned a couple of people who have told me that they were going to kill themselves. The numbers of people who have told me that they're going to kill themselves is actually quite large. The actual number is quite large. And in each case, even post the suicide that I talk about that I felt sort of bad for because I missed the guy. I gave them a similar dispassionate response. Kind of like Dave Chappelle said when he was like, you know, the guy was speeding and he was high. And I, I, you know, I told him the best I could. He shouldn't be doing that. But I was high. So it came out like, hey, man, whatever. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? So when, uh, you know, so when the laissez-faire uh, uh, libertarian or aggressively right-wing, crazy anti-vax crowd. I mean, if you know, you know the thing that they had the anti-vax rally and they show, Proud Boys showed up with masks on <laughs> to conceal their identities so they could kick the shit out of pro-vaxxers without being uh, discovered. The anti-vaxxers thought they were pro-vaxxers and fistfights ensued. 
I thought people as stupid only existed on cartoons. Yeah, stupid. So I got to tell you, I, I'm going to digress. I, I'm going to, oh, you know what? Let me tell you something funny about hugging. I remember when hugging started. There was Leo Buscaglia and, and uh, um, the, the, the shyness doctor and the hugging. And, uh, and there was uh, the, the Vasconcelos, John Vasconcelos, who did this whole self-esteem thing, which was all a boondoggle. So people are in prison because they have low self-esteem. And so, so they start giving all this money to increase people's self-esteem. Well, they discovered something on further investigation. What was that? They discovered that people in prison have extremely high self-esteem. That's the problem. <laughs> they deserve Rolls Royces. And they deserve, you know. And so John Vasquez says, but I remember, I remember at one point we're hugging, you know, punk rock was generally very sexless anyway. Thanks to Ian McKay and Johnny Rotten, these guys who were, oh, that's what hippies do. Uh, man, you're making it look tough for me. Those were tough years, buddy. Ian with his song, uh, uh, keep, uh, Out of Step with the World. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't fuck. At least I can fucking think. Yeah, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about fucking. So I remember everybody would come in the pub. Oh, Eugene, ha ha, Eugene, ha ha, everybody. Everybody started hugging. And at one point, um, um, it's uh, 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 Spees. Uh, 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 her, her sister just died. Karen Spees just died from uh, alcoholism. It was a sad death. She's a young, very attractive woman. And her sister, Kristen Spees, and she kind of gave me a hug. And uh, I thought Kristen was very sexy. And I just got tired of making believe suddenly one day, one fell swoop. I just got tired of making believe that I was like, didn't notice. <laughs> so she hugged me and <laughs> I could show you now if you were in the room, it would creep you out. <laughs> but she kind of gave me this sexless hug and I was like, hey, Kristen, hey, and a hug. And then I went, <laughs> you could feel the body changes. She was like, okay, okay, Eugene, oh, whoa, fuck that, fuck that. Real politic, right? Real politics. So yeah, no, not 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 a not a hugger. Don't come in for the hug, you know, unless you're willing to, things to get strange. So so you know, so I got a lot of people who who have said, oh, Eugene, I want to kill myself. It's like I I I can't be. I can't I can't help. I can't help you. What are you asking for? What are you asking for? We, you, want, you weren't paid attention to when you were a child and you want me to pay attention to you now? And keep, keep in mind, this has caused me trouble in relationships. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it, uh, it's, caused me some, it's caused me some trouble in my marriage. <laughs> My wife will be crying and looking at me about something and say, I just need a hug. And you know what I'm thinking? Just that, for people just listening on SoundCloud, what I just mimed is kind of how I'm just feeling inside. It's like, well, shit, we all need something. Well, you're my husband. You're supposed to give me the hug. I was like, oh, okay. She's crying. I go to give my wife the hug. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's like this. It's like a washing machine, right? You got generally Eugene is like personal slight, anger, sexy time, or flatline. There's nothing. There's no. They're like four speeds. They're four speeds to this washing machine. There's nothing else. I mean, you want understanding. That's what you get. Girlfriend, you get friends for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that that's what I talk about. The guy who was saying that he wanted to kill himself. I go, hey, uh, can I have your truck? Can I, you know, this is a, this is the same cat, and I don't talk about this in the piece. Who goes home? His parents, I fucking love. He goes home for Christmas. <laughs> he goes home for Christmas and tells his parents that he's been suicidal. You know what his parents gave him that Christmas? 
This was the same Christmas break when he and his brother were chasing each other around the house with knives. I'm not talking about 12-year-olds. This guy was 22. His parents give him a 357 L-frame Magnum for fucking Christmas. <laughs> now it turns out later that both of his parents had Alzheimer's, so they probably forgot that he said, I'm suicidal. <laughs> but they gave him the gun. I saw it. So I asked him, what are you going to do with your truck after you kill yourself? Because I need a truck, man. And, uh, and that gun is pretty nice. I could use one of those, too. Harvey Milk has got a great song. It's the only game in town. <laughs> and death is what you win. <laughs> now, there's a great speech in that David Rabe, R-A-B-E, the playwrights play, the basic training of Pablo Hummel, where he, he's, a, in, he's in the Marines in Vietnam, or maybe it's the, it's the Army in Vietnam, and he's, uh, he's having what we now know is PTSD. And... Uh, and he's try, he commit, tries to commit suicide, and he meets another recruit that tries to commit suicide. And he was like, man, I went out the next day, and, and, I, and I got laid. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Can't you see that you just don't know what's going to happen? You just don't know what's happening. Now, when I had my GI issue, I finally understood a, certain, a few things about, about misery. I, you know, I got what people like don't. But these people who are asking for nothing, you know, people who want to kill themselves, you know what they do? They kill themselves. Everybody else, what, what, look, I'm going to tell you a story that's a little out of pocket, right? Buddy of mine, and then I'm going to I'm gonna get to where we're going with this, about everything dying. A buddy of mine and his girlfriend are swingers. Can't Donna Shalala me on my own show? Some of you have heard the story already. Marty G, you can keep your fucking mouth shut. So um, his wife, his girlfriend is communicating through the lifestyle site about come down. Now, my dude is always tired from training. He's always in bed by 11 o'clock, and he's there. she's conversing with this couple. And she has very few requirements about this couple that they're going to have a foursome with, but one is that the guy be packing. I don't mean a gun. And he, my buddy's in the background as they, as they, they chat on the phone, and he hears the couple laughing about, where's your dude? She says, well, he's tired from jujitsu. And the guy's laughing like, ha, he seems like he's tired a lot. <laughs> and my buddy's on the couch watching TV like, uh-huh, all right. So they show up. And the woman is like, hot. She's cool. This is like the Folgers commercial. Because what they don't know is that my buddy is not fake packing. He's really packing. He, gra he grabs this guy's girlfriend and, you know, the first stroke, about oh, she's like crazy, right? And he's also in good shape from jujitsu. So he's like just really driving it home. And she's going nuts. And he glances over at his girlfriend, who's kind of with the husband, and things are not going so well. But it's like, hey, whatever. It's not my business. I'm here. I'm here to party. So she gets up at a certain point, walks by him on her way to the bathroom, and slaps him on the ass. So and says, so he can, so he can kind of only be the one who hear, but everybody hears. Hope you're having a good time. And so after he blows his load, sorry, this is an adult show. Got to speak frankly. He was, he looks at them, kind of shrugs apologetically, goes into the bathroom. Says, what's the matter with you? And she goes, he's got a small penis. <laughs> now, they have a very small apartment in San Francisco. So he's like, he knows that the couple has heard this. He says, you get out there right now and you apologize to those people. You have get back into that party. You know. And so they get back out there and the people are gone. <laughs> you know, your sense of time is not that. Maybe it took too long. They're out there. His wife has already come several times. She's like, where we should go? We go. So then the phone rings and it's a couple. It's more specifically the guy from the couple. And he's talking to my dude. And the guy's like, hey, you know what? Well, you know, who's, this doesn't seem very right. You know, like you fucked my old lady, but I didn't get to. And then he goes, and then his, so my friend's talking to him. 
And the guy goes, who are you going to hide behind, hide behind your phone? He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, we're right outside. They called on the intercom phone. He goes, hold on, let me put on some pants. I'll come out. So he puts on some pants and he goes out, you know, some pajama pants. He goes out because he's about to go to bed. When he walks out, his girlfriend's throwing herself to the floor. She's crying. He gets outside. The husband's got tears down his face. His wife is sitting on a car, leaning against the car. She's crying. And he's so he's the guy's talking. He's trying to get redress. He's like, uh, you know, uh, we drove all the way down here. You know, uh, you know, you fucked my wife, uh, you know, three times. And my buddy says, I fucked your wife once. He goes, well, she came three times. He goes, it's not my fault. <laughs> he goes, she would have come three times. If it wasn't you. And finally, he says, look, look, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to suck your dick? What do you want me to do? You crazy? It, you know, you told her that you had a big dick. She disagrees. I'm what she's used to. You want to know what that feels like? Ask her, I got some TV to watch. Goes back inside, leaves a couple crying on the sidewalk. He's got a first floor apartment. Goes back inside. His woman is still on the floor crying. Sits down, turns on uh, TV, and he's watching TV. Stage goes dark, curtain comes down. <laughs> well, they, they were having a force. <laughs> so my point is, my point behind this whole story is like, uh, uh, he when he finally says to the guy, "What do you want me to do about it? Suck your dick." You know, there's some cir- circumstances, situations that there's no redress. There's absolutely, I'm going to kill myself. What do you want me to do about it? The world is such a dark place. What do you want me to do about it? You know, I can't. I can't understand. Nobody likes me. What do you want me to do about it? I cannot help you. <laughs> I am unlikely to ever be able to do anything helpful that will jog you out of this if, if, if the rest of all of this hasn't been able to do so. So if you live in, on Planet of the Apes, specifically, yeah, that's it. It's attention, and I, I just can't. Uh, Anton LaVey used to call them psychic vampires. I don't have the time. But this is something else. We're getting into the political. If you happen to live in Texas or Florida, also known as Planet of the Apes, and you 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 do understand, uh, you you do understand that at this point, it's only the it's only it's only the decent people who give a shit about you. Because I do not. And somebody put it, uh, after we had this talk this morning, Jujitsu, somebody else put it in the, uh, uh, one of the guys that put it in the, framed it as, I don't remember who it was even. He goes, well, one of these jerks without a mask, it transmits it to 10 people. Maybe seven of those 10 people have compromised immune systems and they die. And I didn't get it around, I didn't get around to finishing the sentence because there's a bunch of us talking but I, but I would say now, from the vantage point of several hours, what do you want me to do about it? No, I like Truffaut, but I stolen kisses. I should I should check that out. But you know, and a part of part of these people these people's problem. And and believe me, I know. Um, it, oh, let's see how I can do it. Tell this story. There's a guy I know. And I'll tell, I'll, I'll expand on all this stuff in a few weeks. Like I said, there's a guy I know. And I figured, man, I think maybe like me, maybe this guy is really motivated by money. And, uh, no, I found out from somebody who used to work with him that he's actually got a lot of money. Okay? So it's not money. And I go, ah, you know, I bet this guy is, is motivated by, by, by fame. That's fame, access to people. Uh, no, um, no, no, no. I said not no money. I said power. No, I went from money to power. I go, this is money. He's got power. You know, that's that's what he's after. Power. And this is the power. And then I figured out, nah, it's not power. Then I finally figured out it's fame. He wants fame. You know what fame is about? 
fame is the most quicksilver thing ever. I know uh, Bobby Southworth, the fighter in, in Houston, Texas, said it, but it's when everybody knows your name, but you got nothing in the bank, but it's beyond that. It's, you, you know, I tell you, there's a guy named Owen. I meet Owen at a party at Otero, Stanford campus, 1981. A white guy comes up to me, goes, hey, Eugene, how you doing? I go, hey, man. He goes, Owen, Owen, my name is Owen. Why can't you remember that? I said, Owen, how many black guys you talk to today? One, huh? Easy to remember my name, especially since this one has a mohawk. You know how many white guys I talked to today? 60. How the fuck do I going to remember your name? Owen. But you know what? To his credit, I never forgot his name after that. So this guy, fame. But you know, this gets to the animal thing that flipped that guy Owen out. Owen wasn't just screaming at me for not remembering his name in that instance. Owen was screaming about a lifetime of people forgetting his name. I've said it before. I have one, one innate skill with three different branches, right? And that innate skill is that children, animals, crazy people. Let me, let me, let me. It's hard to. Children, animals, crazy people. And I don't group these together, but I'm just telling you how it. And, and women have always innately liked me. When that guy is factoring in fame, he's factoring in stuff that you can't duplicate in a lab. You can't, you, you, you can't, yeah, yes, that's true, that's true. Uh, Mr. Iz has it right. And really bad people like me too. There was that mafioso guy I used to deal with. He was, I don't know, I don't know. Let's just call him Bobby. Bobby was fucking rough. People were terrified of Bobby. Bobby would see me, he goes, come on in, kid. Hey, come in with his office. He had a soundproof office. You know how many people have soundproof offices? What would you think you need to do to have a soundproof office? Couldn't hear anything. If you were on the other side of the door, you couldn't hear anything. Couldn't hear a phone ring, nothing. Bobby loved me. I don't know why. He just did. So, um, so, 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 yeah, five categories. Children, crazy people, animals, evil people, women. But even though you can say evil and crazy, maybe the same thing. I've always liked me. So this guy is hungering for that kind of thing that makes you look, that makes you remember an Owen versus not remember an Owen. And you can't manufacture that in a fucking lab because it comes from a willingness to open yourself to the world. Like the time I got surrounded by Puerto Ricans with knives. And they said something to me and I knew they were going to kill whoever they found, but it didn't dawn on me. You know, me? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. So, so, so when people from the Planet of the Apes say, I don't want to wear my, my mask. I'm not part of that contingency. We want to wear the mask. I don't give a shit about you. Breathe the, like I said today on the Twitter thing, breathe the air of freedom. And keep in mind, it's not like I don't have skin in this game. My grandson's got COVID now. Three years old. What the fuck is going to happen to him? I have to assume even HIV, a virus that was deadly at first. At this point now, most viruses move to where they don't kill their host because it's ineffective to kill the host. The virus dies with the host. I'm hoping he's going to be okay. But. You're not gonna. You're not gonna draw me into an argument about your. Dis- I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna kill myself now. I'm gonna kill my. I don't give a fuck if you kill yourself, bro. I don't care if you kill yourself, your whole family. It violates my sense of fair play if you kill your children, your own children. 
but yourself, whatever. Hang out at Waffle House in Jacksonville. Breathe on everything. Just breathe into each other's mouths. I don't care. Like the name of the Robert Mitchum uh, uh, biography, Baby, I Don't Care, which is a line from out of the past. And of course, I'm reading it with completely different intonation than is delivered in the movie. Yeah. So, you know, people say, Eugene, Eugene, like, why, why, why are you giving up on America? I said, man, I, it, it's just <laughs> the clash set at first. It, it's taken me 40 years, but I'm just bored, man. I'm bored. Get, do you know? Do you, there are places I won't go. Do you know how big of a gun you would have to have to get me to go into a church? Or a mosque? Or a synagogue? Buddhist temple? I got tricked once into going to a demonstration. Buddy of mine, he and his wife invited me and my girlfriend over to dinner. I was like, cool. Dude seems like a cool dude. Go for dinner. He's the guy who got me back into acting. Got me an agent, and then I got Leonard Part 6. He goes, hey, before we eat dinner, everything's cooking now. I put it in the crock pot. It'll be ready in about half an hour. Let's go out for a little bit. Cool. Going to go out for a little bit. He goes, here, take this. And he puts a candle in my hand. And suddenly, I'm walking in the middle. I feel like Charlie Chaplin in that movie where he's just walking down the street and the construction truck drives by and the red flag drops off the back and he picks it up and starts running after the truck. Turns out, he and he dovetails with a communist rally and they think he's leading the charge and they start running behind him. Yeah, this was before the Gus Van Sant commercial. (laughs) Look at Archer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and JP's right. I'm not an atheist. I got a candle. Uh, I said, hey, yo, Don, what's the deal with the candle? And he mumbles something about, uh, you know, about something like, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Who knows? If I had known that before I left, I thought we were going to go get some wine. You know, my kids were saying, okay, you know, but after the umpteenth shooting of an unarmed black civilian, what are we going to do about that? I think it was Ahmed Arbery. We're going to go out and I said, well, you guys go and march. Be careful. Be careful. They were at some other event. And there was, <laughs> I love my, my kids. Like, so not street smart, which I love. Right? There was gunshots. And Lola, uh, my uh, next to youngest, it's like, oh, they're shooting. I got to hide. And she stands behind a stop sign. <laughs> You know, stop sign only covers probably about one eighth of her body. <laughs> Something long and low, not tall and thin, kid. Not tall and thin. Um, so, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that my kids have that helper gene. My mother has it. Spent many years working anti poverty, then became a cop for many years. And then, you know, because she thought the anti poverty thing, she wanted more action. But then she said that with the cop thing was like 10, 15 years as a cop. She was like, uh, I just was arresting, I was arresting too many of the same people too many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, JW, enjoy the film. So, you know, uh, um, I'm glad, I'm glad. My my sister, Maya Asusena, the singer, is like, you know, she's a singer, but she's also like an activist, you know. I'm really glad. And you know, people have tried to shame me out of this. Uh, you just don't care about other humans. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What did, I'm sorry, did you say something? <laughs> you know, and see, another point, a guy who I had many arguments with face-to-face, Ian Mackay, you know, this whole, you know, his his rights of his rights of spring and, or, you know, the, the you know, and all the stuff he's doing with the kind of politics with Fugazi and then, you know, in D.C. and keeping the prices low and all. 
like I said, in the, in the punk rock days, you had something that would have a fight would break out in the audience. And the guys in Fugazi or Minor Threat, you know, um, they would, uh, you know, they would stop the fights. You know, um, you know, Black Flag would uh, would just keep playing. Say so these are discrete events. They have nothing to do. I see a fight break out in the audience. I look down to make sure nothing is violating my sense of fair play. And then I'm like, kill each other, kill each other, kill each other. You know why? Because I need that death line as long as possible. <laughs> Eugene, you got your number? Yeah, it just got eight bigger. You mean further back in the line? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to get to the end soon. Somehow in my mind, it equi- you die, motherfucker. Right. Yeah, my mother. Mr. His, she had to deal, she went from the captain and the probations and worked both sides. Oh, good. Turned on the air conditioning. The wife didn't. So, so, you know, you guys in Florida and Texas and Idaho, Montana, you want to let freedom ring and 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 Abbott and DeSantis, you want to fuck your older constituents? Go ahead, baby. I don't care. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to jog myself into not caring. In actual fact, I've been spending 58 years trying to figure out. I'm going to tell you something. My grandfather got hit by a train, was celebrating on his birthday at my great-grandmother's third husband, celebrating on his birthday, stumbled across some train tracks after having had a few too many to drink, and got hit by a train. He survived the initial train hit. Broke all of his ribs, and I remember him having some sort of body cast, and I was five years old. I love my grandfather. I didn't know what alcoholic was, but I love my grandfather. He's the one who got me into fighting. We'd sit and read Ring Magazine and talk about Cassius Clay. Well, at complications from getting hit by the train, and uh, uh, Whipping Boy wrote a song about it, Smokey, a very emotional song, a song called Smokey. On top of old Smokey, it was a reference. But complications, maybe a year later, he died from the train thing. And everybody was destroyed in the household. And at five years old, I remember thinking, they didn't let me go to the funeral because my mother said, I don't need need to be exposed to that. He's not going to see the person he knows laying dead in the coffin, no. But I remember having a distinct thought where people are losing it around me, crying and falling apart. I was like, why are they crying? And I was a smart enough kid to know, okay, you cry when you're sad. And I look, well, why are they sad? Well, they're sad because grandpa's dead. Got hit by a train. This is me, five years old, thinking if you get hit by a train, you usually die. And he died. And they're sad because he's dead. And in this, in this kind of you know, whatever, whatever that little game is called, you know, where you move the little tiles to try to get them into a certain color, not you Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube is like, it's just like one face of Rubik's Cube, whatever that thing is called where you try to get them in a certain order. It, taking these various emotions and thoughts and trying to move them around, um, you, you know, try to, and I understood, I'd seen things die before. I'd seen dead, you know, dead bugs they don't come back alive. So in all those little, th- the little, little you know, tiles of, of trying to imagine, you know, what happened or why or where, or, I just couldn't come up with a picture that had me feeling sad. Not because I didn't love my grandfather. I wasn't, I ju- and I, at first, then I started thinking, well, they're going to be sad that I'm not sad. So maybe I should act like I'm sad. And I was like, eh, and I was like, oh, that feels disgusting to me. 
So I just did it. Yeah, the, the, the first distur- disturbing thing that I saw was this Irish kid when I lived in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. Uh, this this Irish kid, uh, a, a sparrow had fallen and hurt itself, and he took the sparrow and took a firecracker and put it in the sparrow's mouth and lit the firecracker and killed the sparrow. And I hated him forever after that. I hated him for a number of reasons. He was older, bigger. He never hit me, never abused me, but uh, never abused me. But he used to torment me. Like uh, there was that song that was popular in 1968, Gene, Gene, you're so young and alive. And he used to sing that song at me, and I hated it. Only people I let call me Gene are family members. Everybody else, the rest of the world, I'm Eugene. Always has been the case. So his feminizing of me with his song, Gene, Gene, you know, I didn't like this. Even though I grew up with, you know, I got sisters and you know, I have daughters and I grew up with tons of different aunts and female cousins. I didn't think there was anything bad with feminizing, but I thought it was like, uh, yeah, okay. All right. You, want, you think you take me? Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I was seven or eight. Dude was like probably 12 or 13. He could probably could have taken me. So if you want to die, go ahead and die. If you want to draw me in an, into an argument on LinkedIn or LinkedIn, sorry, uh, 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 Twitter, about how the numbers are all wrong about Florida and Texas and that we're being tricked by fake Fauci and, you know, Fauci fascism. I have zero interest in arguing with you. You're 100% right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go into your communities. Breathe it. Look, look, during HIV, you know what I told myself? At first, when they first talked about it being Carposi's syndrome, Carposi's sarcoma, I told myself, what's the big deal? Just stop having sex. What's wrong with those gay guys? <laughs> and then it jumped a it jumped a barrier to the heterosexual community. I'm like, oh, okay. Went through a period of intense paranoia about HIV. And then when I was at, at Code Magazine in 2000, I got wind of Magic Johnson having a girlfriend in the gym. And I was like, and they were not using protection. The gym community is more reliable than anything. So he's having he's having sex with some chick he met in the gym, cookie be damned, without condoms. Because according to him, Jesus took away my HIV. Of course, his T-cell levels start, start to drop again. And, uh, and he started taking his, his meds. And then they, they would, but whatever. I thought that was a meditation on fame, had nothing to do with the, the science. But keep in mind, he was a relatively healthy guy. They go, yeah, but he got it from heterosexual sex. Look, Magic Johnson wasn't having heterosexual sex, much like most of you might be having. If it's a group scene, you don't know whose semen you're slipping around in, is my point. So HIV right now, people still get it. Hey, manageable. Will we get there with COVID? Yeah, probably. Will you die before then? I don't know. How about this? But I hope so. (laughs) I hope you die before then. (laughs) I hope you die before then. Because somehow in my mind, if you die first, that means that my spot in the line is somehow delayed. My grandson has COVID. I don't want him to have COVID. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Lola has COVID. She's been vaccinated and has COVID. She feels fine. Symptoms are minor. She wouldn't have known if she she hadn't got tested. And that was a condition on returning to school. Fortunately, it's still a few weeks away. So nothing's going to slow that down, it seems. They could have been out infecting many different people. Who knows? Most people I know are vaccinated. So when I say I don't care, I'm really saying I don't care about people I don't know. And that's true any day of the week. 
unless it violates my sense of fair play. Generally, you're on your own when I consider you. If I ever get around to considering you at all for anything. But Marty G hit it today and he said, you know what? And he said kind of a version of what I'm saying. He said, we all got to die. You know, there was a great commercial, Barney's commercial, though Barney with its racist policies is not one of my favorite places to shop. And I don't think I've ever shopped there, really. But they had a great commercial. These kids are talking. They said, what do you want to be when you grow up, Sally? She goes, I want to be an accountant. What do you want to be? And then the, these kids these kids go through, they go through all these things. And they go, Barney, what do you want to be? Barney goes, I don't know. But you all got to wear clothes. So, I don't know. You all got to die. COVID isn't real. I welcome, I, you know, Ryan is a personal trainer. I would welcome him to, to go show up at work maskless, get COVID, and die. I would have a few nice things to say at your funeral. I would wish your mother well with a hug. And uh, we, we, would, we would honor your memory. Isn't it sad that Ryan died? Yes, he's, he's sad <laughs> that Ryan died. So I don't, so if, if you're looking, if you're looking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're looking for any argument via Twitter, you're not going to get it from me. Baby, I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about your community. You know, the the small number of people in total who I maintain an association with. Owen, my name is Owen, Owen. I love you all. Only thing that happened to use. Unless you want to kill yourself, then and then you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. But otherwise, I'm glad that we're around. And we're sharing this space together. And that's the end of the piece. I got nothing else to add. Monday night, Monday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Let's give me a hug, will you? Monday afternoon at noon. Care, don't care is there's a 14 fight card coming up. 14 fights. You know how many I cared about? Two. <laughs> two. The next you have oopsie next weekend. There are two fights. How do you like you know what you know what the bald one is doing? You know what he's doing? He's like, smell my nuts. Smell them. Smell my nuts. Smell them. Two fights that I care about. So anyway, care don't care. Uh uh and the fight before pretty much the same number. So uh so uh, Care Don't Care is Monday afternoon. Tuesday, uh, Nash is on If the Shoes Fit. So it's Nash and me and Alexi. Right now, uh, the substack, eugenesrobinson.substack.com. If you want to read about my take on transgender, you should do so there. Subscribe. It's free. I don't bug you for money there. You can pay if you like. If you like, pay. If you don't, don't pay. And this show, and after this show, we're going to go uh, later on tonight, because maybe the, they're back and they've got to give the kid the bath, um, uh, is a JJB, where we break down painstakingly Michael Chiesa and Vin- Vincente Luque. I am playing the part of Michael Chiesa. Marty G is playing the part, oh God, of Luque. Yeah, and and I'm gonna start doing like and Carthage must be destroyed. Fuck the bald one. I, I'm not. I didn't wanna. I don't wanna go into. I didn't wanna go into. I didn't wanna go into it. And and Steph on the care don't care. You'll hear tomorrow. Had you know she's you know she's a trooper. She had like look you know gone is the better. I was like uh, whatever. I'm not. I'm not willing to listen to reason on this. I'm not. 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 Not willing to listen to reason. 
The only fight, he said, well, what? I said, simple, let's do the math. Cyril Ghosn versus Johnny Boney Joni. That excite you? Because it doesn't excite me. Johnny Boney Joni, somebody asked me, he says, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you're fine with that. That's not the fight. I don't know why I'm digging my heels in on this one, but I'm digging my heels in on this one. I'm digging my heels in. So later on tonight, after I give the kid a bath and, and, and put it to bed, then uh, uh, I'll put up. But if you if you subscribe to the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper channel, it'll send you a notification when the JJB is up. You should watch. We Painstaking, point-by-point point breakdown of Chiesa and Luque. You'll learn something. We're busting our asses on these Sundays for you, preaching and teaching, sharing and caring. Anyway, this is version number 177 of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Fate's willing, we all live till next Sunday to do the next one. We could talk about the two fights. <laughs> don't even, don't even, Owens, don't even do this to me. I can't even, I can't even entertain that. I can't even entertain that. Can't even entertain it. So later on tonight, we got a uh, 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 the JJB. Stay, stay tuned for that. Monday afternoon, care, don't care. Tuesday, if the shoes fit. And the Substack, whenever you go to the toilet and want something to read, it's there on your phone. Anyway, we'll see you soon. Remember what they say. Look what you made me do! <laughs>